Hi, I'm Simon Drew, and you're listening to the Practical Stoic Podcast. If you'd like to find more episodes of the show, as well as articles and information about my one-on-one alignment coaching, then you can head to my website. It's simonjedrew.com. If you do have the means to support the show, then I'd love to see you in my Patreon community. Just go to patreon.com forward slash simonjedrew, where you'll also get access to over 240 episodes recorded before 2020. But for now, enjoy the show. So Kanye West just announced that he's running for president and Elon Musk has endorsed him. So let's talk about that. (laughs) Welcome to the Practical Stoic Podcast. No, seeing as it's halfway through the year, everybody, I thought that it would be time for me to kind of sit down with you guys and have a chat about, uh, you know, a few of the things that I've learned this year from the podcast, uh, from my guests, uh, from my own study, uh, things that I think are really important to focus on right now, and also just to take stock of where we are in the world right now. So I recently had an email from one of my wonderful Patreon supporters who pointed out that he uh, was now going through some of the older episodes, including the episodes from uh, the late 2019 to uh, early 2020, where I was pointing out that one of the reasons why I really jumped back into the podcast and felt it was necessary for me to uh, completely restructure my my entire life uh, was because I felt that the 20s were going to bring us some of the biggest challenges and the biggest opportunities that mankind has ever seen. And it turns out that that was true. It's just that I had no idea to what extent it would be true. Because it seems like this year, in within the first six months, we've already been handed a platter of just unbelievable natural and cultural phenomena that is so hard for us to wrap our heads around in terms of how we actually move forward and start to work on some of these bigger issues that are happening around the world. And so that's what I'm trying to figure out. That's ultimately what I'm trying to figure out. It's like I've jumped into this. I've thought, you know what? It's time to get back into the podcast. It's time to start interviewing more people, start reading more, start learning more, start talking to more people uh, so that I can figure out maybe if I can... Well, I guess, I mean, it's like my ultimate job is to figure out how I can become the strongest version of myself. And in doing that, hopefully you guys will be listening and doing the same thing. And I know that a lot of you are because I speak to you in my Patreon meetup groups. I see you on Facebook. I, you know, I get emails from you guys, I get messages. I deal with my clients who have all listened to the podcast from one point or another. I know that you guys are working on yourselves and trying to Uh, become the best versions of yourselves that you can be because I mean that's ultimately the challenge that we all face I mean the hardest thing that you can do in life is to know yourself and 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 that's really the that's really the genesis of personal development it's it's knowing yourself knowing who you are what you are why you are when you are where you are (laughs) you know these are all questions that we need to wrestle with in life but uh, I digress. The The ultimate point that I'm trying to make here is that the conceptual landscape of humanity, the moral landscape of humanity is shifting drastically and it doesn't seem like it's heading in a good direction. 
And so now more than ever, we need to pay attention to the kind of people who we are and to the kind of people who we are becoming. And I wouldn't be saying that if I thought that it was wrong. Uh, I wouldn't be saying that if I didn't think that it would be necessary to say it. And I wouldn't be saying that if I hadn't already have heard from multiple experts, both on my show and on other podcasts and in other areas of the public sphere, who think the exact same thing. And on top of that, it's not only listening to people right now. I mean, if you read history, if you learn philosophy, if you learn theology, uh, not that I have even come close to learning any of these subjects to my fullest capacity, but if you have even the most cursory uh, kind of overview of these subjects, you'll start to see the patterns of history, the patterns of behavior, the patterns of thought, the patterns of collective movement uh, that really can show you where you're situated in the expanse of time (laughs) uh, on that roadmap through history, uh, which as Joseph Siracusa says, you know, it's not as if it repeats itself, it just starts to rhyme a lot. Um, And so I think that it's really important that we talk about this. I think that it's incredibly important, especially if you're living in America right now, that you start to think about what your duty is as a citizen. Because as you'll hear in an interview coming up that I did with uh, with Paul Hannum, uh, a wonderful author from the UK, uh, you're a citizen of your nation, which means that you actually have a responsibility to the whole of the nation to keep that nation strong, virtuous, uh, and, and moving in a good direction. That's on you. That really is on you. And that's on me. And that's on every single individual that exists within that nation. Uh, but too often, uh, as Paul points out so so intelligently, when he, when he said this to me, I was, I was, man, it just struck me so hard. We think of ourselves as consumers first, you know, and we are thought of as consumers first, especially in the West, I would say. And... That often leads us to not having the right kind of mindset around what our responsibility is to the nation. And as Stoics as well, I mean, we are citizens of the world. You are a citizen of the world. You have a responsibility to every single individual on this planet to step up to the mark and to be all that you could be. So that maybe you make the tragedy of life a little bit more bearable for yourself and for everyone else. You know, this is, this is such a crazy time in history and it's really hard to talk about this. Because it's not so clear to me what the right answer is for anyone, you know. And this is one of the things that I point out to my clients straight from the start of our, you know, of our sessions when we first meet. I pointed it out to them. I say, listen, you're coming to me for advice, but at the same end, you know, you need to recognize that I'm on the exact same path as you. I'm trying to figure out all these questions as well, because as soon as you start to think that you know something, which I've been there, I've been there where I think that I know stuff. And, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, the sooner you can realize that you actually don't know anything about what you are or who you are or about uh, how to be an effective human being, then you can actually start to figure out some of these answers. 
to the extent that you can figure out those answers. But I guess ultimately what I'm trying to say here is um, we all have a responsibility to accept with grace the plate that we've been handed in the banquet of life. Or in other words, to have at least a foundational gratitude for the thousands of years of intellectual and cultural development that we are beneficiaries of. And then to take what we have been given and to turn it into something that resembles an improved version of what we have been given. So I guess... You know, this episode is kind of a turning point in the podcast. You know, for the first couple of years, the Practical Stoic podcast, you know, is about taking the philosophy of Stoicism and looking at how you can practically and effectively use it in your life to make yourself a better person, to make yourself a stronger person, to make yourself incorruptible in the face of fate. Well, now things are different. Now... It's about how can you contribute? How can you improve upon the world that you have been born into? How can you be a strong, dedicated member of the community of humanity and live your life in such a way that everything that you touch turns to gold? And how can you live your life in such a way that every person you talk to walks away saying, I'm glad I had that conversation? How can you live your life in such a way that your children would say that they're glad to have you as a parent? Your spouse would say that they're glad to have you as a partner. Your family would say that they're glad to have you in the family. Your community would say that they're glad to have you in their community. Your nation would say that it's glad to have you as a citizen. And how can you live your life in such a way that the community of humanity would look at you and say, we are glad that you were born. We need you. That's what I'm interested in. How can you become that person? And I want to offer you a, uh, a strategy for how you can begin the process of becoming that person right now. And I really want you to do this as soon as you've stopped listening to this episode. I want you to sit down and do this, especially if you're in America. So what I want you to do is a trichotomy of control analysis around what it would take for you to fulfill your duty as a citizen of the world, as a citizen of your nation, as a member of your community, of your family and to yourself. This is what I'm interested in you figuring out, and you can do this today. So, draw a Venn diagram. You all know what a Venn diagram is if you don't look it up. On the left side, I want you to write out all the things that you can't control about the world right now. And there's a lot, so you don't have to write all of them, but just, just a basic understanding of all the things that are completely outside of your control. In the middle, I want you to write all of the things that are kind of in between, Things that you could probably, you know, move the needle on, but ultimately aren't up to you. And then on the right-hand side, I want you to write all of the things that you could definitely do. And I want you to think so small. I want you to think about the smallest possible thing that you could do in order to be a better citizen of the world or a citizen of your nation. 
And this has to do with what are the things that you can do that if you did do them, you know that they would make at least a basic difference in the direction that the world is heading right now. And hey, look, even if it's as small and seemingly insignificant as smiling at the person at the checkout who is serving you, that is enough to make a massive difference. But you have to start small. Because if you don't start small, then you won't start. And there's a massive hubris that comes with this attitude that, you know, we need to go out there and change the world. Well, you know what? What makes you think that you can change the world when you can't even smile to the person at the checkout? That is the definition of hubris. That is the definition of arrogance. When you wish that you could change the most gigantic problems that face you, but you're not even willing to focus on the finer details of what it would take to actually solve that problem. So please do that trichotomy of control analysis. Consider what your duty is to yourself, to your family, to your community, to your nation, to your world. Because at the end of the day, uh, a lot of us have it really easy right now. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Because what ease does to us is it makes us weak and it makes us forget just how terrible things could be. And I know that a lot of you are listening to this and you're probably in a nation that's already kind of in a really bad place. And so you understand better than any of us what it means to to live in chaos, to live in a situation that is less than perfect. So you get it. You know, but a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't understand what it would mean for the world to go even further into chaos right now. And we don't want that. So there are a few things that I want to do before the end of this episode. Firstly, I'd like to point out some things that I know for sure that I don't know. So that you can kind of see where I'm wanting to take this podcast in the future. Uh, Because at the end of the day, this podcast is very much an avenue for my own learning. And hopefully, as I said at the start of the episode, uh, you guys will follow along with that and do the same. Uh, But I also want to share with you some things that I definitely have observed. I don't want to say no, because I don't really think that I can fully know them. But uh, I've definitely observed a lot of things that seem like truths, that seem like wisdom, seem like things that would be really helpful for you guys if you were to embody these Uh, you know, if you could call them truths. Uh, Then I also want to uh, kind of outline a few cool directions, cool changes that are coming up this year for myself that you guys might be interested in because it'll kind of uh, paint the picture of the long-term game for this podcast. You guys will really start to figure out exactly what I'm up to, um, which is probably a good idea. Um, But uh, so, yeah, I'm going to start with the things that I definitely don't know. And the first thing that I definitely don't know is I don't understand how deep the idea of living in agreement with nature actually goes. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh my gosh, please, Simon, don't go off on another tangent about living in agreement with nature. But, you know, I I really think that there's a reason why I never really spoke about this, this core foundational principle of stoicism. Uh, in the first two years of the podcast. And I think that that's because I just wasn't cognitively ready to explore this idea. I wasn't ready to put it into practice in my life in a way that 
that would actually show me whether it's true or not. Or and and I wasn't even ready to to fully try to understand even the most basic elements of what it means. And you know, I know that we kind of simplified a lot. We kind of say, well, okay, well, living in agreement with nature that means that you know we are kind of we have reason as as humans. So that's our spark of the divine whole of the cosmos, and so you know, that reason um, should be used towards the aim of making us better social creatures because we are social creatures by nature. Um, so it's kind of like a twofold approach, but then you also add on top of that, um, you want to follow your individual nature, which is, I mean, who knows what that is? Who, who has the slightest understanding what intuition is, what, what being drawn to something is, which is your individual nature. But, but what I do know is that every single time this year when I've actually listened to what you might call the still small voice in my head that says, you should probably do this. You know, you might call that intuition. You might call that insight, whatever it is. I have no idea what it is. And, and I don't think anyone does. But, but every time I actually listen to that, good things tend to happen to me. And I'm not implying causation at all. In fact, what I'm trying to tell you now is that I have absolutely no idea just how powerful the idea of living in agreement with nature is. And I don't think that a lot of people do, uh, if any. And so that's going to be something that I really wrestle with for the rest of my life, because that's a it's such a profound idea. And what I really want to do with this show, what I really want to do is to try and get to the absolute core of Stoicism. And, and, and other philosophies as well, because you can't look at Stoicism without looking at other philosophies. I did that for a while. It's not a good idea. <laughs> um, you've, you've, you've got to broaden your, your intellectual uh, understanding if you want to have, have a more complex view of what it actually means to be a human being. So, uh, and, and, and again, I want to make it very clear that I, I am the worst at all of this. So don't think for a second that I'm virtue sing- signaling here because I, I am definitely not. I need to do a lot more. But yeah, that's the first thing I don't know uh, is is this idea of living in agreement with nature. I think it's something that you have to try and put into practice as much as you can to the extent that you understand it and see see exactly what it means because you don't really understand something until you put it to use. Uh, so that's the first thing. And the second thing that I guess uh, has been really on my mind lately, uh, something that I I know for sure that I definitely don't know, this is something I uh, I don't think I will ever figure out, is what is virtue? What would it mean to live a virtuous life? What would it mean to aim at virtue? Because, I mean, the Stoics taught that, you know, Living in agreement with nature, that's kind of like the end goal, eudaimonia, you know, like a flourishing life in agreement with nature. But you don't get the flourishing life in agreement with nature by aiming at a flourishing life in agreement with nature. You you get there by aiming at virtue in everything that you do. But I certainly don't, and I don't think many people on this planet do understand what it would mean to actually aim at virtue. And what I mean is virtue is an infinite concept because no matter what you do or how well you do it, there is always, no matter what, there is always something that you can do better. 
And so that's kind of the tragedy and also the great hope of life. It's like, hey, no matter what you do, there's always something you can do better. Well, okay, that sucks. <laughs> so, so I can never even get close to perfection. Yeah, you can never get close to perfection. However, the hope is great. There's always something that I can do that would make my life better. So that's a that's a beautiful concept, right? Uh, but to aim at virtue, you know, it's 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 something that man, a lot of people talk about it these days. I talk about it, but. Do we actually live it out in our lives? Do we live as if it would be good for us to always try and find the next best thing that we can do, the next most helpful thing that we can do, the next most what you might call virtuous thing that you can do? And even a temporary glance at the state of humanity at the moment should tell you very clearly. Actually, let's take it even deeper. Even just a temporary glance at the way that you live your own life should tell you that human beings actually don't have any idea what it means to aim at virtue. Because there are things that you could do that would be good for you. There are very, very, very simple things that you could do that would be so good for you and the people around you, and you don't do them. And that goes for me as well. You know, it's like I'm very much like Seneca said, you know, this is one patient talking to another right here. And the thing about it is the fact that we have these things that we know we need to do, that we could do, but we don't do them. That really shows that we don't actually believe in virtue. Because to believe in virtue would be to act out virtue. And this actually makes a lot of sense to me that we don't believe in virtue because, I mean, many of us are the heirs to a culture that is foundationally consumerist, which teaches that your very well-being always has to be attached to a dollar figure. You know, the happiness that you experience, that's going to come from having more money, having a nicer car, having a nicer home, having a hotter wife. You know, this is... (laughs) the cradle into which we've been born. And so imagine, if you will, this kind of disjointed analogy. Imagine that you're born and every single day of your life, your father tells you, your father in this case representing your culture, tells you that ice cream is the best thing in the world. It's good for you. It tastes delicious. It, you know, you can make it. Hey, you know, it's good for other people as well. Other people want it as well. So it's great. And, and you know what? It makes you a really good person as well. And it's going to make you happy. Every day of your life, you hear that. And then you go out of school, you finish grade 12, you go to university at the university of ice cream making, you learn how to make more ice cream and better ice cream. And on the day of your graduation, you're 25, 26, and you've just graduated from the university of ice cream. Your father puts his hand on your shoulder and he tells you, son, I got it all wrong. Ice cream's actually probably not the best thing for you. It's actually broccoli. That's, that's what you need. And that's what the world needs. That's what everybody needs. Do you believe him? Do you pack up all of the stuff that you've learned at the University of Ice Cream and go over and start growing broccoli? You know, you can hate the analogy, and I certainly do. 
but the point that I'm trying to make here is that we have really been born into a culture that has told us that at every direction, consumerism is is the key. Money is the key. You know, nice house, nice car, all of this stuff. And it's not that hard to imagine that it would be actually very difficult to believe in something like virtue when it's almost the antithesis of what we have been guided towards for our whole lives. And, you know, there's there's definitely hubris in the kind of in that statement for me as well, because it's like there's so many people in my life who have guided me towards virtue. You know, those people are are just beautiful people who taught me what it means to be to be a good human being to the extent that I know what that is. Uh, And so it's not as if it's all bad, you know, and I hope that you don't think that I'm saying that. But but ultimately what I'm trying to say is. Let's start moving the needle. Let's start figuring out what virtue is, why we should move towards it, why it would be good for us. Start to put yourself into a logical corner where you have no choice but to recognize that virtue is the way to go. You know, and if, if, if you're a stoic or if you claim to be a stoic, you know, if, you're, if you claim to be interested in philosophy, especially Hellenistic philosophy, and if you claim to subscribe to their way of, living life, then I mean, it, it is imperative that you actually decide that from now on you're going to aim at virtue. So this is where we're at with that topic. And I guess the next thing and probably the final thing that I'll point out in today's episode that uh, I'm really uh, just baffled by at the moment in terms of things that I don't know. Uh, one thing that I've really found interesting about my journey this year is I kind of assumed from the start of the year that my job here was to not simply read the Stoics and interpret the Stoics, but to try and think in the way that they thought. And that's a really hard thing to do, and I definitely haven't been able to do that to the fullest extent at all. Uh, but I think that that's the key towards uh, you know actually understanding what they're trying to say in their writings. And, you know... Philosophy is the love of wisdom. And I've really tried to develop a love of wisdom this year. And what that has led me to is to realize just how little I actually know about things like the Bible or ancient religious texts, which I have come to appreciate as some of the richest sources of ancient wisdom. Uh told in these ancient stories. And I've really developed a fascination around this topic, as you know, because I'm interviewing theologians and I've got more coming up on the show talking about these stoic theological concepts, uh, metaphysics, uh, all this stuff that I have absolutely no idea about. But, uh, you know, something that I've been thinking this year is, I mean, man, we have we have this this Bible here that is thousands of years old, has developed Western culture to the place where it is today. Uh, And, and I mean, I don't know anything about it. I have no idea. 
But doesn't that entice you? Doesn't that kind of ancient text that has influenced so many people, doesn't that entice you to find out more and try to try and figure out what it's all about? And, you know, for the kind of unconscious observer, they could be sitting here listening to this, uh, you know, and, and thinking, oh gosh, here we go. Simon's turning into a, you know, a radical Christian. Simon's going to turn into a, you know, like a Bible basher. And it's, no, what I'm interested in is so much more than proclaiming a belief in a book. What I'm really interested in is I don't know anything about the the root of these stories. I don't know anything about the potential psychological implications of these stories. I don't know anything about uh, the the wisdom, the truth that is found in these stories. There's so much good stuff. And even like I've just been flicking through it this year. Like, man, some of the wisdom in in those pages just crushes you. And there's so many similarities between Stoicism and, you know, Christian theology and, and you know, Platonism and Neoplatonism and, and Epicureanism. And, you know, there's all these different kind of moving parts that kind of, you know, you find them in Taoism and, and, and Hinduism. There's all these similarities around the world in philosophical and theological texts. That's what I'm really interested in. And you guys know this because from the start of this year, I've been saying, you know, what I'm really interested in is finding wisdom and truth. And that that's stuff that's found everywhere, not just in one text. And those are the things that I'm really interested in. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into this a little bit later on in the episode, but this is something that I'm really excited to uh to, to consider dedicating at least a portion of my time to, 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 to trying to figure out these, these ancient texts, which is not going to be an easy task at all. But, you know, when you realize how little, you know, and how much of an idiot you are, um, yeah, it kind of crushes you and makes you think I should probably pay more attention and closer attention. So anyway, it's now time for me to talk a little bit about the things, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, the things that, you know, maybe I don't know for sure, but I've observed this year and I think that they, you know, at least to me, they count as wisdom. They count to me as, uh, you know, helpful advice that you guys might might use in your own lives, especially as it pertains to uh, the kind of world that we live in right now. Uh, because if there's one thing that we definitely need right now, it's a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more good advice. So, uh, I've got about 15 things here, so I'm going to go through and I hope that uh, I hope that all of them are helpful to you, but just recognize that they're not going to be helpful to you unless you actually put them into practice in your life. So like usual, that's the core, uh, the, the, the core idea overarching all of these ideas is you have to put it into action. Um, so first, I've learned that the goal of our study of philosophy is not to live in the way that they taught, but to think in the way that they thought. Uh, that seems to be as close to the truth as I can figure it out right now, because anyone can follow a 10 step program. And there's, you know, there's so many of them out there today. Um, and, but, you know, the real value of study is to learn how to think. 
so that you don't need a 10-step program. You can, you can think on the spot about what is the next best thing to do, what's the next most virtuous thing to do, what's the next correct thing to do in your life, you know. You want to become a, a better thinker. And if you can think like Seneca or Marcus Aurelius or Epictetus or Epicurus or, or Kreitz or, or Socrates or Plato, uh, then you can lay that thought process over the world that we live in today. And you can make decisions not through some ancient authority, but through your own reason, through your own uh, logical thought. And and so that's what I've been trying to figure out this year is, is, is how, do you, how do you start to think like the Stoics so that you don't actually have to have to be the person who's like, well, I'm a, I'm a Stoic and, you know, okay, well, I mean, show it to me in your actions and your thoughts and, and in the way that you live your life, you know. So that's the goal of my study right now, not to just study the philosophy as the way that they taught, but to think in the way that they thought. Second bit of wisdom, which I hope is wisdom. Um, stop sit, listen, look, pay attention to where you are, who you are, to what you are. You know, Sharon LaBelle shared with me this beautiful idea at the start of the year uh, of Poe, which basically means to sit with an idea, to just sit. You know, and there's, that, there's this brilliant quote, I can't remember who it was, but uh, something like, um, you know, all of man's problems can stem to the fact that he can't sit quietly in a room by himself, you know, and it is so true. Like, man, I, you guys hear me on interviews. I'm terrible. I just, as soon as I start talking, I just go, go, go. There's no stopping to think, you know, I'm, I'm terrible like that. Uh, but I've found that the more I sit, the more I think, the more I allow my room, sorry, allow my mind to play around and to explore my own self, uh, man, good things are happening. You know, it's, it's good to just sit and to let things process. You know, we have so much information at our fingertips, but how often do you actually take the time to simply sit with yourself? So it's, you know, sometimes we have to stop filling our mind with new information and new content and new videos and new podcasts, including this, so that we can actually let what we've previously learned settle in our minds. You know, even books can hold you back from seeing information that would be most valuable to you if it becomes too much of an obsession. So spend some time with yourself. Sit quietly thinking. Third, uh, be cautious of the things that take your attention. Your attention, your time, your thoughts, they are precious and far more valuable than any other commodity yet all too often we treat them as if they harbor the lowest of value. So seriously, be so cautious of where you give your attention, to whom you give your attention, to what books you give your attention, to what podcasts you give your attention, to what social media platforms you give your attention. You know, it's very important stuff. Fourth, listen to how you feel when you feel. Don't be afraid to let go when listening to your favorite song, as long as you know how you feel and why you feel it. Don't shy away from being drawn in by an advertisement, as long as you know why you're being drawn in and how it makes you feel. Scroll Twitter if you like, you know, as long as you pay attention to how that makes you feel. 
It's not externals which deceive us, but it's our unwillingness to care about where we are and how we feel, which gets in the way of personal progress, you know. And too often we think that stoicism is all about getting rid of these emotions. No, I mean, listen, if you pay attention, then you'll know what emotions you have. You'll know why you have them. And you'll be able to use those emotions effectively in the right place at the right time, in the right moment, with the right intent. You know, and and so I've been playing around with that because I've, you know, every time I see an advertisement on a show or, you know, when, when Jen and I are watching a show or something like that, an advertisement comes up, I, I really pay attention and I learn so much about myself because I realize that there are a lot of people who are really good at making me pay attention to their product. And you have to recognize that they're really good at that. And you have to recognize that you're an idiot, just like I am. And you have to recognize that you're just going to be drawn into that. And if you don't recognize how much you're drawn into that, then you're probably being drawn into that in the way that you don't want to be drawn into that. So anyway, fifth, on that note, remember that we live in a world where some of our best and smartest people spend all of their time learning how you think, what you think, and why you think so that they can then use that information to create problems for you and then to solve those problems with products and services or with catchy headlines and contentious content. Be cautious of these modern magicians and the spells that they cast on your mind. I'm very serious about that, you know. I never fully understood what Gary Vaynerchuk was saying when he said that attention is the new commodity. Most of you will know Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a marketing guru. He's absolutely a genius and genuinely like, man, he's such a, he seems at least like such a great guy. And I really subscribe to his idea that, that attention is the new commodity uh, for a long time. And then I finally realized what that actually means. And what that means is that there's a lot of money floating around to people who are going to spend their time dedicated to figuring out how to get your attention. So that goes back to the previous point. Be very careful of where you give your attention because we live in a world where it is bought and sold very cheap. Very, very cheap. Next, use Epictetus's formula for successful personal change. Self-scrutiny mixed with self-kindness. Too much scrutiny and you'll never be at peace, but too much kindness and you'll never move forward. Forgive yourself from time to time and allow yourself the space to make small but powerful improvements in your character. I can't stress this enough. I don't know how many times I've told every single one of my clients because it's such good advice. Listen to Epictetus, self-scrutiny and self-kindness. Stop beating yourself up, you know, but also don't be too kind. Seventh, character development is difficult, but you're actually stronger than it is hard. That's all I want to say on that, but uh, just pay attention to that. You know, I understand it's really hard to make character development. It's really hard to make progress. You are so much stronger than it is. So focus on that. Eighth, please don't choose teams. Marcus Aurelius said that, you know, one of the things that he learned was 
to not pick this side or that side in the chariot races. You know, learn to be a lover of good ideas, a lover of, of, of good sportsmanship, a lover of good people, not a lover of tribes. You know, love good thoughts and good actions, not good campaign slogans. Make sure that what you do is the product of your own conclusions, not the conclusions of your team. I genuinely think that one of the main reasons why America is heading in such a terrible direction, and the world in general, is because we are team players. We've become so tribalistic. And as soon as you start playing for a team, including stoicism, that's going to block you from learning so much wisdom that could be helpful for you. And you're probably doing much more damage than good. So don't be a team player. Be a player of good ideas, good thinking. Ninth, tend to the part of the garden that you can touch. There is so much to fix and there are so many people to save. Start by saving yourself, then your family, then your community. Then maybe once you've done that, you can start to think about saving your country. Let the constant question be on your mind. What is my duty? To whom am I indebted? What can I fix? How can I help? What is the closest and the smallest thing that I can do right now in this moment? Tend to the part of the garden that you can touch. Tenth. Know that you don't have to do, be, or say anything. That's the beauty of life. You get to make that part up. If you ever feel that you've been bogged down in other people's wants other people's desires, other people's plans for your life, then join the club. That's how the story is written. But remember death, and remember that there's no time better to free yourself than now. You won't become free immediately, but maybe you can unshackle yourself one chain at a time, you know. And that doesn't mean that You don't have a responsibility to figure out what virtue is and to try and become the best version of yourself that you can be. Just because you make it all up doesn't mean that you're off the hook. You have responsibility and you should take it. But the sooner you realize that you actually don't have to do, be or say anything that other people think you should, then you can actually start to order your life in a way that would be really good for you and really good for other people. Eleventh, simple acts of kindness go a long way. Never underestimate the power of a smile, a shared moment, a generous act, or as Marcus Aurelius suggests, intuitive friendship. The simplest of changes render the largest of changes in the long run. So start there. Twelfth. If you decide that everything and everyone could teach you something, then you always learn. This is something I really want you guys to take on board because something that I've learned this year is that I don't pay attention and I don't think most people pay attention because paying attention means I'm looking for what is important about this moment, about this person, about this music, about this book about this flower, about this waterfall, whatever it is, I'm looking for what's important. 
that's what paying attention means to me, you know. And if you act as if everyone and everything could be your teacher, then you will always learn something. That's like the meta game of life. Because ultimately, we want to keep on learning. We want to expand our level of, of, of logical thinking. We want to expand our consciousness. We want to expand our understanding of the world we live in. You can get that just by paying attention. And you'll learn an infinite amount of lessons that would be good for your life. Next. I've observed that complexity is beautiful when you try to develop a more complex mode of thinking and being in the world. You know, life is so unbelievably complicated. Every single problem you face will offer an infinite array of complexions. And I think that the beautiful thing about uh, literature and art and music and culture is that the more complex you're willing to make your interpretation of the world, and the more you realize that you actually have no idea about anything, uh, the more complex will be the taste that you have for this culture. You know, you'll find beauty in the classical piece of music. You'll find beauty in the floral arrangement, in, in the, in, in, you know, the piece of art or the, the excellent, excellent novel. You know, you'll find beauty there. But you actually have to develop that taste for those kinds of things. And I think that that comes as a result of you dedicating yourself to seeing just how complex life is. You know, a great piece of music I've discovered is something that you cannot get to the bottom of. It's something that is just so uh, powerful and moving and there's so many moving parts and, and you just can't. You just can't, every time you come back to it, something else, you know, triggers in your mind and, and it's beautiful. And I'm, I'm still wrestling with this idea a lot because it, it's something that I think is an ongoing process, but, you know, start to think about that with your own self, you know, with, with, you know, it's kind of like the classic idea of you are what you eat, you know, show me your library. I'll tell you how you think. So allowing room for the complexity of life and the complexity of thinking and solving problems, I think is something that expands out into your interests in many ways. And, uh, and I'll leave that one there. But uh, the next one, don't disguise your inaction or personal solitude as a well-developed moral character that is simply too far beyond the trappings of the world. That doesn't make your character better. That just makes you a coward. You know, too many people in Stoicism think that it's about, you know, kind of seclusion from the world, you know, focus on yourself. No. Seneca talks about this. He talks about the sage and self-reliance of the sage. Just because the sage can do without, you know, friends or he can do without a lot of things, uh, that doesn't mean that he wants to or that that would be the best thing for him to do or her. You know, and so you know, really think about the fact that, you know, you're born into a world that requires strong people to step forward and to start trying to solve the problems that are making people, uh, that are hurting people. You know, that's, that's what being a social creature is. You go out into the world, you have courage and you try to make a difference where you can, right? But you don't seclude yourself from the world. 
That's not what stoicism is about. And that's not what I think we should be about. And finally, I just want to say, trust yourself. You know, we too often get bogged down in the 10 step guides and the latest information on how to optimize every area of our lives. But here's the thing, you know, you better than anyone else. You know your challenges better than anyone else. You know your strengths better than anyone else. You also know your solutions better than anyone else. But we live in a society where we're so obsessed with solving other people's problems and having other people solve ours. Listen to yourself and listen with a genuine intent to hear solutions. And tell me that you don't hear an undernourished voice which yearns to guide you down a meaningful path. Its advice may seem daunting, but as you listen, it gets louder and clearer. So anyway, those are just a few of the things that I've been really thinking about this year. And, and you know, that's that's not everything. I mean, I've been taking notes on my phone uh, since late last year, uh, every time something comes to me that I think needs development. And, and I think those notes are up to almost 10,000 words now, which is horrifying because I've got so much that I've got to go back through and figure out what's wisdom, you know, separate the, the wheat from the chaff and try to figure all these thoughts out. But, um, I hope that that advice is helpful for you guys. If you have any problems with it, if you think that a lot of it is irrational, if you think any of it is stupid or a bad idea, please, please email me, head to my website, go to the contact page, simonjedrew.com forward slash contact, and let me know. Let me know what you think. You know, I'd love to hear your opinion. But uh, if you do think that it sounds as close to good advice as you could, you could get, go out and start implementing it use it in your life. Now, finally, I know this has been a long episode and I'm just talking here, but hey, we're having fun. We're le- you know, we're learning things hopefully. Um, one thing that I wanted to discuss was just a couple of really cool uh, exciting things happening this year. You know, I've been getting really creative. I've been doing a lot of writing. I don't want to talk about that much other than to say that I, I what I hope will come as a result of my dedication to writing this year will be something beautiful, which will be helpful for you guys. Um, it might be something that I write and the first draft, I'll just be like, nah, I'm chucking it all out because it's terrible. But who knows? I've been really enjoying uh, the writing process. Um, but ultimately, the things that I do have coming up that I can tell you for sure are happening Um, have to do with this renewed excitement I have found around learning the rules of society. Because the thing is, you can't actually change society. You can't actually change the world unless you learn the current set of rules that you have to play by. And that for me means, you know, like I want to learn the rules of society so that I can actually effectively break the rules of society uh, so that I don't ruin the society, but that I improve upon it. And one of those things for me has been understanding that it would actually be really good if I were to go back to university, finish my degree, my Bachelor of Music, and then to use that as a gateway towards studying something that would allow me to become an absolute monster at understanding philosophy, theology, uh, you know, ancient Stoic texts, all, all of this good stuff. Because that's what I'm really interested in. I'm looking, looking at the long-term game now. You know, this is no longer about, hey, I'm back, I'm jumping into the podcast. No, this is my long-term game is to try and become as effective as I can 
in helping people to change their own lives and in helping people to change their communities and their nations. You know, that's what I'm really interested in. How do you become an effective person? So, you know, I'm going back to university now. I've been accepted. Uh, I've only got like three to six months left of university to finish my music degree. And that I'm going to be really grateful to finish because the reason I got out of it was because, uh, you know, I got a gig on cruise ships and I thought, well, that's a way better deal than going to university every day because I actually get to play music every single day. Um, But now I'm going to go back and finish that and I hope to use it as a gateway to study uh, a master's in divinity or a master's in philosophy or a master's in uh, psychology. I would ideally like to study something like divinity, which will give me a background in ancient uh, ancient languages as well, such as uh, biblical Greek, which would help me to read someone like Epictetus in his original tongue, um, or to learn Latin or Hebrew, uh, things that will allow me to really go so much deeper into these texts and to figure out the core of what they mean. Um, and so that's, that's where I'm kind of heading at the moment. And I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very much looking forward to this year. It's just been such a killer year so far. And man, you know, I love you guys and I know that you're changing your lives and you're, you're making progress. I love, you know, my Patreon supporters who I get to see every week. I love my clients. They inspire me as much as I hopefully encourage them. Uh, and now I'm really starting to think about what's my long-term plan to not just be a guy doing a podcast, but to be an absolute monster, a tamed monster, you know, who can absolutely go out there and change the world in the way that I can, but you don't get there by staying where you are. And so for me, I'm thinking about music degree, masters in divinity or masters in philosophy, uh, get into the languages, you know, um, and, and I want you guys to know that, look, this is all talk, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm booked in to go back and finish my music degree so that you can guarantee I'm going to, that's going to be finished, you know, and then I will be doing that, but, um, hold me accountable. You know, if it gets towards the end of the year and you haven't heard anything from me, if I haven't applied for, you know, my master's and got in and and, and if I'm not making those steps, then, uh, you know, I want you guys to come along with me over the next few years of my life um, uh, on this journey of discovery of these ancient texts of of Stoicism and and figuring out uh, not only Stoicism, but uh, just wisdom. That's what we're after here. And I want you guys to come along with me on this. And and this is going to be a long-term process as it will be for you guys as well. So, so that's the things that I'm mostly excited about at the moment. Uh, that's the wisdom that I'm thinking about at the moment. That's the things that I have no idea about. This has been such an interesting episode for me to put together because, you know, it's been such a crazy year. And I, I really didn't know where to start with coming back and doing another episode just by myself. But listen, um, you know, if if any part of this really speaks to you individually, you know, if you feel like you really want to make a bigger difference in your own life, in the life of your family, your community, your country, you know, if you want, if 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 you feel like you need some help making that progress, you know, seriously, reach out to me. Come over to my Patreon. Come to the to weekly meetups. You know, I love. I love meeting up with people every week and having these discussions. And I want to help you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. If you want to do coaching, yeah, of course, jump on my website, book in a free session, because I genuinely want to help you to become the best and strongest version of yourself that you can be. 
And, you know, I'm going to be emailing all of my clients after this episode and letting them know, listen, we've got kind of a change in direction here. You know, it's no longer just about how do you strengthen yourself. It's about how can you become the best and most effective member of, you know, a citizen of the world to do good because we need to do more good. We really need to do more good. So, yes, I want to coach you. Yes, I want to see you at our meetups. Yes, mostly, I want you to be listening to good advice, taking good advice, and to be becoming everything that you could become. You know, that would mean so much to me. And in the spirit of Seneca's dialogues, I'm going to give you a quote before I leave today's episode. And it actually comes from Seneca. And he's talking about uh, how to avoid becoming like the mob, becoming like the crowd in terms of kind of group think, you know, group vice. And he says the following, You should not copy the bad simply because there are many, nor should you hate the many because they are unlike you. Withdraw into yourself as far as you can. Associate with those who will make a better man of you. Welcome those who you yourself can improve. The process is mutual, for men learn while they teach. And that comes from Seneca's letter number seven on crowds. So, hey, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you so much for being who you are and and taking the time to seek out wisdom. And like I said, reach out to me if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if there's anything that you think I got really wrong, because I need to know that sort of stuff. (laughs) So anyway, over and out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practical Stoic Podcast. If you'd like to sign up for email updates, join my Patreon meetup groups that we hold weekly, or if you'd like to offer feedback or suggestions for future guests or topics on the show, then you can head to simonjedrew.com. There you'll also find information about how we can work one-on-one together with my alignment coaching, based around the philosophical principles found in Stoicism. Finally, if you are on Facebook, then I'd love to see you in our group, The Practical Stoic Mastermind. But hey, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you next time.